All right. Well, good morning, Brave family. Uh, good morning. Thank you. And good morning for those of you joining online as well. Uh, we're glad to hear we're in part two of this series called The Name. And um, I've got a, a lot of teaching to give today, so bear with me. And I'm going to do the best that I can to get through this uh, on time. Amen. Okay, I'll get there. All right, let me jump in because uh, there's a lot to get to. Psalm 9 is where uh, I want to read from first, but if you have your Bible today, you can turn to Genesis uh, chapter 2, and then you can also put a placeholder in Exodus 3. So Genesis 2 and Exodus 3, we'll have it on the screen as well. But I want to start with Psalm 9, 10. This is a verse that really the whole series kind of came from, and here's what it says. Those who know your name, everybody say name, just to wake us up. Here we go. Those who know our name trust in you. So if you know the name of God, you trust in him. It says, oh Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. So here's the key truth. And I told you this last week, the more you know his name, the more you know him. And the more you know him, the more you will learn just how much you can trust him. Okay. Here's my hope for you is that you learn to trust Jesus. And I have found in serving the Lord in 14 years of ministry plus 15 years of ministry that there is always a tension for trust. And it doesn't matter how long that you've served God. It doesn't matter um, how, how much you study your word. There's still a tension for every human that walks this planet to trust in God in a particular scenario. And the trust uh, gets, gets tested, our, our, our trust gets tested, if you would, many times. And it doesn't, and it doesn't mean that you're not a Christian, it doesn't mean you're not a follower of Jesus. Um, it just the reality is our trust is, is, is in little moments, it's in big moments, it's in seasons. And so my hope today for you, and I know the Lord's hope for you, is that you would learn to trust Him more. And for some people, maybe even some of you sitting in the room watching online or watching this at some point, don't trust him at all. You would say, you don't even trust him at all. Um, truly trust him. And, and that is, you trust everything he says. Um, well, the, this is an invitation today for you as well, just to say, you know, will, am I willing to trust him? And that's what this whole series is about, that you will learn to trust him. All right. So if you have your Bible, Genesis chapter 2 is where I want to read from first. It says, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work creating that he had done. Verse 4, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Notice in all caps, Lord God, okay? So Moses is the author of Genesis, and he writes this, and he uses this new name for God, and he adds the word Lord, and he uses this name as a result of what happens in Exodus chapter 3. So in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, up to verse 4, it only uses the name God, Elohim, which we talked about last week. But now he inserts a new name, Lord God. And that is where we're going to get the word Jehovah from. But I'll explain that in a minute. So Exodus chapter 3, we know where Moses is in the burning bush. He has a conversation with God. Moses gets called by God to go and set the Israelites free from underneath Pharaoh's uh, reign or rule, and the Egyptians are the Hebrews are in slavery to the Egyptians, and so God calls you know Moses to go set them free. All right, that's the context. In the conversation, here's what God tells Moses. Moses asks God a question that ultimately reveals where he gets the name Lord from. So let me slow this down. Make sure you get this. Moses writes Genesis, right? 
So he writes the word Lord God. Where did he get Lord from? This is what we're going to find out, which is ultimately where we get the word Jehovah from. I'll explain that. All right. It comes out of a conversation he had with God in Exodus 3. Okay, Exodus chapter 3. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? In other words, Moses is the first man to ask God, what's your name? Okay, now God responds back, and here's what he says. I am who I am. Verse 14. This is what you say to Israelites, I am, has sent me to you. Hold on a second. He said, I am who I am. Now he's saying, your name is I am. Which one is it? Is it I am who I am, or is it I am? Okay, I'll explain that. Then God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, hold on, hold on. You just said, I am, I am who I am, or is it the Lord? Okay. The God of your fathers, gosh, well, God, what is your name? Okay. God of, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Then he says, this is, now this is singular. Please grab your Bibles, grab notes. You're going to need to take pictures of this because I want you to teach you. Got to get this inside of you. He goes to singular name. This is my name. He just gave three names, and now he's saying, this is my name, okay? The name you shall call from generation to generation. So God gives three answers to the questions. I am who I am. You can even go further. He might have given six answers if you want to include the God of Isaac and Jacob. All right, but he gives them three answers. I am who I am. I am, and then I'm Lord too. I'm Lord God. So which one is it? All right, so here's what I want you to see first. First, I want you to notice that Lord, okay, in all caps here, is interchangeable with I am. Can we agree on that? He says, I am who I am sent you. I am sent you, and the Lord God sent you. Can we agree that they're used interchangeably? Yeah. Okay, so they're used interchangeably. They actually come from the same verb, hayah. It's the first word that we get where we get karate. Haya. Okay, chops wood. I don't know. But that's how I memorized it in Hebrew. Okay. H A Y A H. Okay. So so this is uh, the same verb, the root verb where they get these words from I am, or you get uh, and you get Lord from is from the same haya. Okay? It's it comes from the same root. All that to say they're used interchangeably. They're not the same word, but they're used interchangeably. That's why God could say, this is my name, singular, but I've given you three names. I am who I am, I am, and then I'm also Lord. Okay, so hold on to that. I'll help explain that. All right, so this is what I want you to see. Okay, we're going to put it up to, to pull some notes out of this so that you can kind of understand where I'm going with this. All right, so the word Lord in your Bible, have you ever noticed that some are in all caps and some are not? Raise your hand if you've ever noticed that. Okay, raise your hand if you've never noticed that. That means you never read your Bible. And you... Okay, there you go. All right, no. All right, so you'll notice that when you read the Bible, that in many translations, the Lord is in all caps, and then sometimes the Lord is not in all caps. So you're going to understand what that is about today as well. All right, so the Lord in all caps is where we get four, where originally four consonants that are, are am I saying that right, consonants, uh, the, the letters, Y-H, we have them up, Y-H-W-H, okay? So Lord in all caps is where we get, eventually we turn this into Yahweh, but in original Hebrew script, you would have seen Y-H-W-H, okay? And it means to be or to exist, Here's what I want you to see. When God says, here's my name, I am, what does that mean? 
I have been and I'll always be. I will always be. I was then, I am now, I am forever. That is who I am. And when they wrote it, they wrote with the four letters, W-H-Y-H-W-H, to be or to exist. Now, they would pronunciate it with vowels in it, but they didn't write it with vowels in it. When you add the vowels to it, which we'll explain in a minute, is where you get Yahweh. How many of you have ever heard the term Yahweh? How many of you have sang a song about Yahweh and you had no clue what you were singing about? Yahweh, y'all sing along with Yahweh. I've done that before. The first time I heard a song called Yahweh, I remember thinking, Yahweh, I have no idea what I'm saying, but I'll sing along. Amen. <laughs> Anybody ever been in church you're saying songs about words and you're like, I have no clue what that means? I'm waiting till every hand goes up. <laughs> you have all sang songs and you're like, I have no clue what that means. Okay. All right. So, which eventually, which I'll explain later on too, I'm just giving you kind of the breakdown first, where you get the word Jehovah. How many of you have heard the word Jehovah? How many of you, come on, let's be honest. You've heard the word Jehovah and you have no clue what Jehovah means. Everybody understands Jehovah. I'm going to test you then, okay? I'm going to test you. I'm going to bring you up on stage today. I'm going to ask the question again. And I've got nine names for Jehovah, so you better make sure you know. How many of you understand the meaning of the name Jehovah? How many of you don't know the meaning of the name Jehovah? All right, good. Then this is the perfect class to be in today. Okay, so the Hebrew letters for Lord are Y-H-W-H, all right? So the vowels were pronounced, but they were never written, okay? The letters appear more than 6,800 times in the Old Testament, all right? That's, that's what you'll see. Most scholars believe that these letters are related to the root word to be or to exist or to be present. So the way in which God identifies himself is by giving himself a name. Here's the point that I want you to understand that could be only used by him and for him. There is no other name. Here's the point. Moses says, what's your name? I'm going to give you a name no one can ever use. I always have been. I always will be. In fact, if you read a Jewish translation Bible, you'll find that it words it that way. I will be, I am currently, and I'm going to be. No one deserves the name, has the right to carry the name, can carry the name. I always have been, and I always will be. That is my name. So he gives himself a name by which only he can identify himself and no one else can ever be identified as. So for all the Jesuses out there, you failed, right? Does that make sense? You're trying to get as close as you can. I mean, I know you're trying to name your child after Jesus, hoping they get there, but come on. Amen. All right. Amen. I thought about naming Samuel Jesus, but then I knew they wouldn't come close. They're my children. It's like, I don't want to do that to Jesus' name. Okay. So, nothing could possibly measure up to a, such a description as, I always have been and I always will be. That's my name. No one else can ever go by that. So, how do the four letters then get to Yahweh and then eventually get to Jehovah? I want to unpack that. So after the destruction of the temple in A.D. 70, here's what you need to understand. 
Jewish people come back, help rebuild the second temple. I think it's about 50,000 or so plus. So 50,000 plus uh, uh, Jewish leave exiles from Babylonian Empire and control. They go back, start to build the second temple. But over time, this is what matters to you probably the most. Over time, people who spoke uh, Hebrew in language were raised in different countries or different areas, geography and stuff. And they moved around and so they used different language. So because of that, some of the original language of Hebrew got lost by some Hebrew-speaking people. Okay? Where am I going with this? How many have parents who speak Spanish? They grew up in a, they were born in a Spanish-speaking country. Anybody? Or maybe in a different country that spoke a different language. How about that? Okay. All right. So how many of you have grandparents or great-grandparents, something like that, who don't speak English? They only speak, you know, maybe a different language from, from a different country. Okay. So many of us. But how many of you have no clue what they're saying in that language whenever they speak in that language, whatever that language is? All right, hands in the room. Okay, so what it is saying is, is there, what you need to understand is there were people who, when they moved around, they no longer spoke in Hebrew. They now spoke in the language that was within the surrounding area they, they, they grew up in. And so some of these things got lost in some of the translation. That's going to be important to just consider for just a minute. Here's why. In order to help the people read Hebrew, because many people no longer read Hebrew because they didn't speak Hebrew, because they didn't carry on the great-grandparents' language in their family, if that makes sense, the scribes of the period introduced a new system. And this new system uh, of vowel marks that they would insert into the letters that I just showed you up there, Y-H-W-H, and they would insert vowels, the sounds that had always been spoken but not ever been written. And they did that so that the new readers of the Hebrew Scripture who didn't understand Hebrew or didn't know Hebrew fluently could pronunciate what was once pronunciated but never written. Does that make sense to you? I hope that didn't leave you there. All right. So, how do they find vowels? So they're going to take vowels. They're going to insert them into these letters. Letters that were spoken but never written by Hebrew-speaking people. But now they don't speak Hebrew. Many people don't. So how are we going to help them say what was once said? Let's take vowels. Let's insert it into these letters to help them pronunciate it. So they took these letters from another name that many people use for God, and it's the word Adonai. How many of you heard the term Adonai before? All right. So we'll put this up, okay? So Adonai, if you notice the vowels there, A, O, and A, okay? These specific vowels were placed above and below the four letters that I just showed you, and that's where we're eventually getting the, the name Yahweh from. And you see it. A-O-A. I put them in lowercase and then uppercase so you can see it. Okay? Yehoah. Okay? All right. So, that is where you get this name Yahweh. But you'll say, well, that doesn't sound like Yahweh. It's Yehoah. Here's what I want you to know first, though. Okay? The vowel word, they took this word, Adonai. You need to know this. Why did they choose that word? Here's why. Okay? Because Adonai means master, owner, or ruler. And it's a word that was associated with masters who owned slaves. That is why they chose this word to take the vowels from, to insert it 
into these four letters to make Yehoah. By the way, the title of the message is, When God is My Master. When God is My Master. Okay, so English translations, because all of this gets translated, all right? We're going to put two words. We're going to put lowercase Lord and then kind of an uppercase Lord. Whenever in Scripture you see the lowercase Lord, it's the, it's the word translated Adonai. Okay, Adonai refers to God or someone else. So if you were in uh, Europe, maybe in the 17th century, you ever heard somebody be called, you know, well, I think about, for some reason, because I have children, I think about the movie Shrek. I mean, you've seen the movie Shrek before, and you know Lord Farquaad? It's the best, <laughs> that, that's what I thought I would use to teach you today, Lord Farquaad. Okay, well, so you call somebody Lord because he has authority over your life, or he's the master, he's the ruler of that particular land, right? So you can use the word Lord relating to a person, or you can also relate it to God, because the definition of it is master, owner, all right? So, but the word Lord, all caps, is reserved for God. That's Yahweh, or Yehovah, okay? Or however they might pronunciate it, all right? But the best we have today. So, the four consonants get the vowels from Adonai, which is the word that means master, refers to both Yahweh, and then eventually we get to Jehovah. So how do we get from Yahweh to Jehovah? Well, in more translation. When Christian scholars began to uh, transcribe the scriptures, and they used Latin language as well, there is no Y in Latin. So they have to take a letter from Latin that sounds like it, so they throw in the J, Take out the Y, throw in the J, and if you notice, they took out the A. Now, this is important. Do you have the next slide up? Oh, there it is. Okay, that's, uh, let's see. Go to the next slide that has the Lord and Lord. Do you have that one up? I don't know if you do or not. Uh, that has Lord underneath it, Lord above it. Yeah, right there. Thank you. All right, so you get lowercase Lord, add an I can refer to God or someone else, and then Lord, and then refers to Yahweh or Jehovah. Okay, let's go to the next slide for me. The term Jehovah, there it is introduced by Christian scholars, and it was the four consonant letters pronounced with the vowels from Adonai, thus making Jehovah. But Y became J in Latin because there's no Y. Now you'll also notice when they did this, the E. Remember it was Adonai. The first letter in Adonai is A, but they changed it. This is so important for you to understand. They took out the A from Adonai and replaced it with an E. And here's why they did that. Because if you were to say the word with Y in front of it, Y-A, it would be Yehovah. Well, the first letter Y would sound that way. And because the name of God was deemed so holy, they didn't want it to seem and sound like the name of God. Because only God had reserved the right to say his name. That is why oftentimes in Jewish cultures or customs, they don't even say the name God. They don't even say the name Yahweh. They don't even say the name Jehovah because it's too holy. So they use the word, if you go read the Jew Jewish custom Bible or Jewish complete, complete Jewish translations, you'll see the word Adonai. He's my master. But I don't want to get into, you know, talking about him because his name is too holy. So they, it would sound too much like the way God introduced himself. So let's drop the A, let's insert an E, let's change the Y to J, and let's say him Jehovah. That's how you got Jehovah. How many of you are like, I had no idea that that's how we got Jehovah. Okay. 
All right, so that is how the word Jehovah came to be. All right, I need you to understand that. Chris's translations were unfamiliar with Jewish people's respect for God's name. You got to think about generations and generations not understanding that they were never written, but they would be pronounced. Well, if they're never written, then how do we know about how they pronounced them? Here's a whole nother thought. No one really knows probably today how they really announce them, unless I'm sure there's some biblical scholar out there who might be able to, but very few people, if any, would know how to, they pronunciated the name exactly because they didn't transcribe it. They just said it. Does that make sense to you? So even the pronunciation might be, but they stay away from that. Most Jewish people today even stay away from that. So here's gonna, something else that might really mess you up, especially if you're a person who has Jehovah all over your house, I, and, and, and especially if you're a witness. Okay, um, what I want you to know is, is that the word Jehovah was never even used in biblical times. Just so you know. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole book out here, Jehovah. It's not even, it wasn't ever even used. Okay. All right. That's how we came about Jehovah. Okay. But you got to see where it all moves from. Lord, which, which comes from the verb Hayah, which is to be or to exist. That is the name. In other words, my name is, always has been, I always will be. That is me. All right? I am who I am. I am Lord. All the same. All interchangeable. You want to know my name? I always have been. Always will be. Eventually gets translated into Yahweh, then eventually into Jehovah. Okay. When the scribes came to the sacred name of God, I want you to know this, they did not want their readers to pronounce it because it was so holy. Instead of using the original vowel sounds, they placed the vowel points from Adonai. This is why when you read the Jewish Bible, you see Adonai. His name is too holy, so don't say it. You might mess it up. Don't contaminate his name. It's too holy. Only he reserves the right to speak his name. Don't take his name in vain. I don't want to break, even get close to breaking the command of taking his name in vain, using it in vain. So I won't speak it. I'll just stay away from it, and instead, I'll call him Adonai. Now, every once in a while during my study time, not every once in a while, every single time that I study this stuff, um, I come across stuff that I had no idea. It is not like Ricky already has all this knowledge in his head, and he just was born this way, and all this just gets, you know, I read and all of that. So I'm reading through, and previously, excuse my eyes, this guy messing up. But I was reading through uh, the study time. And occasionally as I'm reading through the study time, um, God will reveal some things to me. You know, just I'm like, wow. And, and God's revealing himself and speaking something to me. So we had titled the series months in advance. I knew that the title of the Christmas series was going to be the name. And you might not be blown away by this. But in the moment, I was totally blown away by this because I didn't know what I'm about to tell you. And I was like... Wow. And so I had my little moment, all right, in my office, in my room. 
And I amen myself. I really do. I'm like, amen. That was crazy. And I kind of have this whole moment. And anyways. But so, all right. And actually, I, was, I, was, I went hunting this week, by the way, with my father. We go hunting, deer hunting every year. We got to go hunting together. And so um, I ended up getting one doe, one buck, amen. And, um, and I will eat it, by the way. It's okay. Okay, I don't just kill Bambi and let him sit there. Which, by the way, there was a, a doe that came out with two fawns, and I did not kill it because I, I, the stupid Bambi movie just, just you know... Yeah, it is a stupid Bambi movie because it, it messed with me. And I'm like, I can't do it, Bambi. And then I didn't. And the whole family lived and they're happy. <laughs> For all the animal lovers. But I did get another doe in a buck. So. All right. Okay. Yeah. Just new, newlyweds. Um, so the Israelites. <laughs> it's funny. Well, while we're on this whole deer thing, I was, when I was hunting, I was praying, and I said, Lord, send me a, send me a harvest, Lord. I'd love to have a harvest, and, and literally within 10 minutes, I had two, doe de- two deer down in 10 minutes. And that never happens. I shot the doe first, and then the second came out, buck comes out. In 10 minutes, two deer. And um, amen. All right. Okay, so the Israelites were simply afraid to use God's name because they might use it in ways that he had not revealed. Okay, so they called him Adonai, or they call him Elohim, creator, all right? Today, this is what I had no idea, most Orthodox Jews use the term, and I could say this wrong, Hashem. Here's how it's, here's how it's spelled. It's H-A-S-H-E-M, and it means the name, the title of the series. So here's what I understand that to be. You ever had to refer to somebody, you didn't want to use their name, and you just said, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You ever done that before in a natural conversation with somebody, you know, you know who she is, you know, you know, you know the one, you know, you know. And sometimes you, you, you just know who you're talking about because you know their character, watch this, you know their character so well, you don't have to tell your spouse their name, you just go, you, you know, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Have you ever done that before? Because you know their character is so, uh, so much, and you can have a conversation with somebody about somebody else and never mention the name, and you know exactly who you're talking about? You ever said that before? Have you ever said to your spouse or your friend, you know who I'm talking about, and they know immediately who you're talking about? (laughs) We all do this. Okay, so here's how a Jewish person might say this to you. You know. The name. I know you're talking about. Yeah, I know you're talking about. What about the name? It's so holy. And I just thought, what if Christians, what if we just remembered in this season how really holy his name is? And, I'll go a step further, how immensely blessed we are to even be able to say it. Take that a step further. How about this? You have the luxury of him listening to you. And, and you have the ability with his spirit to hear him. How holy is his name. 
So we have the holy name of God, and for the rest of the service, we'll call it Jehovah, okay? We'll, we'll call him Jehovah, even though that was never even biblical we used, but we'll call him Jehovah because we understand it gets to Yahweh, it gets to the four consonants, ultimately gets to, to be, to exist forever and ever. Okay, all right, moving along. Okay, so I'm going to briefly answer probably some questions in the room, I hope. I know some of you had some questions about this. Are we going to talk about Jehovah's, Jehovah's, Jehovah's? So we're going to unpack the nine Jehovah's, but I'm going to go through them really fast, okay? All right, so with Jehovah, you've heard Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, right? And all these things. Okay, maybe you're like, how many of you have never heard those words in your life? You're like, no clue. Okay, amen. All right, here we go. All right, so uh, there was a couple of Jehovah's here that I never even heard of, just, just so you know. All right, so I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, moving on. So there's compound names with Jehovah that we place in there because Scripture reveals it to us. But you got to remember, whenever you see all caps of Lord, that's where we're getting Jehovah from. Okay? So Lord in all caps, Yahweh to Jehovah. Okay? Make sense to you? All right. So you see Lord in all caps in Scripture today, in most of your translations, you can insert the word Jehovah. All right. If it's the lowercase l, what are you going to put in? Adonai, which means? Master. Okay. There we go. All right. We kind of get the idea. All right. So let's go to the first one. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. Exodus 17, 15. Why is it given here? Here's what I want you to understand. Okay. In Hebrew, in a battle... Just like, uh, you know, the movie The Patriot, you know, with Mel Gibson or something like that, okay, carrying a flag. Okay, oftentimes a flagpole or a flag or some kind of symbol was carried and placed into the place of battle, and what it would do is give the soldiers hope when they would have it as their focal point. It would remind them of what they're fighting for. And this is what God is to us. He's our banner of encouragement to give us hope when he's our focal point. The Lord is my banner. He's my Jehovah Nisi. All right? The Lord is my band. Exodus 17, 15. Number two, Jehovah Ra. The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. Okay, here's what I want you to understand this. This Hebrew word, Ra, is derived from shepherd in Hebrew. So you could certainly use the word shepherd if you want. But what I find more interesting is that when you take this word and you kind of break it apart, one of the extensions of this word, ready for this, is friend. He's friend. So the Lord is my friend. Now putting the Lord in all caps as well so you see it as Jehovah. So the Lord is my banner. He is my shepherd or he's my friend. All right. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who heals. Exodus 15, 26. It means to restore, to heal, or make healthful. Healthful. So healthful. So full of health. Mental, emotional, and physical. The Lord heals me. He is the healer. Have you ever heard the term, he's the great physician? Okay, that's not even mentioned in scripture. Does that mean it's heresy? It just means he's my healer. All right, so this is another Jehovah Rapha. Okay, we went to this last week a little bit, Jehovah, and I might be saying it wrong, Shema, but, or Shema, I don't know. But here he is. The Lord is there. We talked about that last week. Right? He is there. He is here. He is everywhere. You'll find that in Ezekiel 48, 35. Again, I taught on that last week. Okay, then we have the fifth one. Now, <laughs> okay, you, you know why you're laughing, and I even rehearsed it, but it comes from Jeremiah 23, 6. 
And the T is silent. I know that. So I'm going to say it. Sidiknu. Something like that. All right. The T is silent. I know I could be wrong, but it's. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. There. What she said. All right. Here we go. All right. Now here's what it means to be made straight or righteous. That's what you care about the most. It made righteous. The Lord is our righteousness. Now in this scripture verse, when we get this phrasing, okay, it's a prophetic word towards Jesus. The Lord is our righteous. You got to hear me. So years before Jesus even walked the planet, prophetic words were written that there would be Lord to be the one who always has been becomes our righteousness, which is done through Christ. That's how we know Jesus isn't just the Son of God. He is God. That's very important. Jesus always has been and always will be. He is in the triune God. Amen? All right. That is scriptural support to help you understand that Jesus is not just the Son of God. He is God in flesh. And he fulfills that. All right? Number six. Jehovah Mekadishkem. All right? If I'm messing it up, that's okay. Praise God that he doesn't give us titles to be pastors by how well we do in seminary. Okay. All right. The Lord who sanctifies you. He sets you apart is the meaning of it. All right. He sets us apart. We're separate. Here, here's the best way to see it is you're made holy. How many of you know that you're holy? As a follower of Jesus, you are holy because he is holy. Amen. You say, I'm not holy. No, Christ makes you holy. So he sets you apart. So if you have a family member who says, man, you're, why are you trying to be different than me just because you're a Christian? Well, because I am different than you. I'm holy and you're not. Yeah, that would be a fun Christmas conversation. <laughs> but you'll be right. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters in my house. All right, here we go. Amen. <laughs> okay, number seven, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. That is mentioned one time in Scripture, by the way. So I just love how oftentimes people think, you know, it's like this, you know, we got to declare Jehovah Jireh. It's mentioned one time when Abraham is sacrificing his son and God provides the ram. And he names the mountain, essentially where we get the word Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. He names the place where God provided the ram instead of his son. Because he wanted to remind himself the Lord's always going to provide for me. And then we sing whole songs about it. But that's fine because he is Jehovah Jireh. He, he does provide. All right, number eight. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. Okay? Which means to be complete or sound. Absence from strife. <laughs> Did you know that God, Jehovah, is absent from strife? <laughs> Nothing is hard. With him. All right. And the last one, Jehovah Sabbath. Okay. Which means armies or host. So the Lord of hosts. You ever seen that in scripture? The Lord of hosts. 
what in the world is the Lord of hosts? Is he just good at hospitality? What's he doing? Okay. He is Lord of heaven's armies is another way of saying it. All right. Is that helpful? A little bit? All right. Let's keep moving. Now, now that you know the name Jehovah and you get some context of his meanings of his compound names, the title of the message was When God is My Master. And I want to take you, kind of tend to start to land it with this. I want to tell you why this matters so much to you and to me as a follower of Jesus. And even if you're not a follower of Jesus, why, why this matters. All right. To figure that out, I want to show you Genesis chapter 3. Okay. Genesis chapter 3. We'll put it up on the screen, verses 1 through 5. You can leave it there. I'm going to read through Genesis 2 a little bit. But go to Genesis chapter 3 up on the screen for me if you can. Okay. So before I read to you Genesis chapter 3, I want you to know in Genesis chapter 2, if you have your Bible and you were to go through Genesis chapter 2, which I read to you earlier, Genesis 2, 4, and, and God introduces himself as Lord God, right? That's where we get the word Lord God. Moses writes it, Lord God. Okay. So when creation happens in Genesis chapter 1, you don't see the word Jehovah. We're going to say Jehovah, Lord. You see the word God. God created the heavens and the earth. God made, God made, God made, God made. Let us make man in our image, God made. So Moses gives a kind of a summary in Genesis 1. Then in Genesis chapter 2, and specifically in verse 4, he starts to talk about how he made man. And when he does, you'll notice, and I'm reading it from the scripture right here in verse 4, Genesis 2. It's not on the screen. When the Lord God, Jehovah Elohim, right? When the Jehovah Elohim or the Yahweh Elohim made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth for the Jehovah Elohim had not yet sent rain to water. Okay. And he goes through the creation. And then eventually we know he creates man and it uses Lord Jehovah or Yahweh in front of Elohim. That's important because in Genesis chapter three, in other words, I want you to see it as this. When God creates the world. Moses writes, God created the world because the Elohim created it all because he's talking about the creation of the world. So it's all about creation. So this is the creator. But then he goes into creating the people. And now this is the relational side to God. So I'm using a different word when he writes it and he writes it as Jehovah Elohim, this relational God, because he introduced himself to me this way. Did you catch that? Because Moses is writing it, so Moses is saying, I've had a conversation with him, and when I asked him what his name was, this is what he told me. So when I'm writing it about his relationship to man, I use the name Jehovah or Yahweh. Now, that's important. Because in Genesis 3, as we wrap this up, it says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. Okay? And I hope I'm reading the right translations up on the screen. I'm reading it from my Bible. All right. One day he asked the woman, did, what does he say? It says, the Lord God made. So Jehovah Elohim made it. But he said to the woman, did God really say? So what does Satan do? He uses the word Elohim, but he refuses the word Yahweh or Jehovah. Why? Because that's the relational side to God that I don't want you to know about. In other words, I'm okay with introducing God as creator. I just don't want him to be your God. So, did God 
really say. Satan can't call him Jehovah because there's no personal relationship there. But I can call him creator. So did God really say, you must not eat from any tree of the, uh, fruit of the garden? The woman replies back, we may eat from the fruits of the tree of the garden. But watch what she does. Critical mistake. But God did say, Elohim said, the creator said, but I'm not talking about Jehovah, the relational God. I want you to understand, Satan could care less that you believe in a creator. What he doesn't want you to know about is Jehovah. Did you see the nine character traits that I just taught you? He does not want you to know that he is banner. In other words, you can believe in the creator Elohim, just don't believe in Jehovah Nisi. Because Jehovah Nisi is your hope. So don't, don't hope in him. I'm okay with you saying you believe in God, creator Elohim, but don't believe in him as hope or the one who gives you hope. Do you see what I'm saying to you today? All right, so Genesis chapter 3, he says, you must eat not that tree in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God, there it is again, no Jehovah, knows that when you eat fruit, your eyes will be open and you'll be like the creator Elohim, knowing good and evil. Satan's goal is to remove Jehovah from your vocabulary. And that's why we have to know the name Jehovah and understand the meaning of it. Because Satan could care less if you call him Elohim. I have met so many people who believe in God. They believe in Elohim. But I know speaking to them, having a lunch with them in a the matter of minutes, no, you don't know God. You know Elohim, but you don't know Jehovah. Because everything changes when you know Jehovah or Yahweh. When he introduces himself to you and he gives you his name. Which is exactly what happened with Moses. Satan is okay with Elohim. He just doesn't want God to become your. This is where I want to change it. Remember the title of the message. When God is my master. You can believe in God all you want to. But remember in Jewish scripture. You'll see the word Adonai. You won't see Jehovah. So I'm going to ask you to do something with me. Just for the sake, I know you're not Jewish, but I want you to just do something with me here. I want you to, or maybe you are Jewish, and that's okay too, but I want you to hear me out on this. I just want you to consider doing something today and see how it changes what you thought. I'll invite the band up. See how it changes maybe the way you, you think about this. Okay? I want us to use this name, Lord, out of respect for it, and just imagine for a minute that you respect the name of Lord way too much. You ever heard someone pray, Lord, Lord, Lord God, Lord, 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 Lord? Okay, I want you to imagine that you can't say the word Lord, okay? Because it's too holy. So I want you, I want you to even stay away from Jehovah. If I had one hope for you today, one thing I want you to think about, I don't even want you to mention the name Yahweh or Jehovah in this house anymore. Now, I'm not saying that for real. I'm just today, in this moment. I just want to pretend that you can't even say it because it's too holy. So instead, I want us to do what many Jewish people would have done, and I want us to use the word Adonai. But because Adonai doesn't mean much to you, 
I want to invite you to do something today, and it might feel a little more uncomfortable, but it's probably what's best in our current context in 2021. And you're going to know it's that way because when you say it this way, everything changes. Okay? I want to invite you to take out the word Lord and don't use Adonai, but instead I want you to use the word master. Now, let me define master before you decide to call him master. The word master, according to our English dictionary, is a man who has people working for him especially servants or slaves. This is why the New, Trans- New-, New Testament translation, most Christians, and many Christians, including Paul, called themselves a slave. So, I want you to consider this as you think about all the Jehovah's. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Ra, Jehovah Rapha. I want you to do something, and I'm just going to read these to you. My hope is in my master. He's the master of hope. My master is my friend. He is the master of friendship. My master is my healer. Are you a slave to God and proud of it? A slave. What if we sang songs? I am your slave. I am your slave. I am your slave. I had a conversation with somebody this week. And they said, you know what? You're a fanatic. The line was, you know what? I'm not fanatical, implying I'm a fanatic. And I looked right back at the individual and I said, you bet I am. Yeah, I'm a fanatic. And I went off. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm convinced. The man died for me and gave his life. Well, how could I not? I propose to you, any person who calls himself a follower of Jesus, if they call themselves not fanatical, isn't a follower of Jesus. How can you not be a follower of Jesus and be fanatical? He is my master. And I am his. You talk about freaking somebody out. He, I am his slave. I'll go further. He puts me to work and I say, yes, sir. And some of you right now, I feel it in the room. Dude, you're fanatical. If you want to use the word Jehovah, here's something to think about. Don't ever use the word Jehovah again unless you're ready to call him your master. Because when you do, you are taking that out of context. The right context is master of my life. I had an eye. I'm a slave to God. And I do whatever he says to do. My master is with me at all times. I'm righteous because of my master. I'm holy because of my master. My master is my provider. He's my Jehovah Jireh. My master is my provider. When God is your master, you don't worry about provision. Because a slave doesn't have to worry about where the provision comes from. It comes from the owner. 
If you are a slave and you have an owner, the owner's in charge of what's happening to you. They own you. Does God own you? Man, changes it, does it? Makes it more real for us. My peace is found in my master. And I love this one. And maybe some of you need to hear this one today. Hear this today. My master protects me. When he's your master, he's your Jehovah, he's your Yahweh, you recognize he protects you. He's the master. Bottom line, when God is my master, when God is the master in my life, everything changes in my life. Why don't you close your eyes for just a minute? Thank you, worship team, for being up here. Can I just give you a minute to call a master? If you want to invite the Lord Jesus right now into your life, and call him master, make him master. Would you lift your hand in the room? You just want to say, I want to make him the master of my life. Amen. Keep your hand up for a minute. Just because you might have, you're saved, you know him as Elohim, you know his creator, you know him as God, but man, today I want to make him the master of my life. I'm ready to, to call myself a slave to him. Amen. Put your hand down. Okay, church. Let's pray this together. We haven't done this in a long time, but let's just pray it together. If you feel comfortable, if it's if you feel like, yeah, this is for me, just, just repeat my words so we can be in unity on this prayer. Just say, Master, I recognize that you always have been, always will be. And today, I don't say these words lightly. I'm your slave. And I will do whatever you tell me to do. Send me your helper to help me along the way. And thank you for your grace. It's in my master's name that I pray. 